and uh, I haven't quite worked out how to deploy my jingle bells uh, most effectively, but uh, that noise means uh, it is not just another Political Yeti's Politics podcast, it is a Christmas end of year special, hence the live jingle bells, actual live jingle bells. Um, and in what is now a Christmas tradition, I am joined by uh, Drew Hendry, SNP MP for, see if I can get this right for Christmas, this is like a Christmas <laughs> present, Inverness, Nairn. Badenoch and Strathspey. That's absolutely correct. Come on. And Merry Christmas. Uh, and party spokesman for transport. That is so, indeed. you yeah. know, you've got to have the, the skies cleared for Santa next week and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Is that right? Is that it, going to your well, well, obviously we're on the flight path, so you yeah. know, we have to make sure that the skies are clear. But it's interesting you're talking about the pronunciation of the uh, constituency. Name. Yes. I was at an event recently with a very famous broadcaster who wanted to be totally professional before they started. And they said, is it Badenoch or Badenoch? You know, so it's Inverness near Badenoch or Badenoch. And I said, it's, uh, well, it's either actually, but, it can, but uh, the, I usually use Badenoch. Um, so I went up on stage and uh, they introduced me as Drew Hendry. The member for Inverness near looked over with a glint in the eye and said, Badenoch and Streetspeak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, name names. Who was it? Yeah, well, I can't. Oh. I that would kill me. Uh, ooh. <laughs> uh, also delighted to be joined again by uh, Annamel. Annamel? Oh, that's, that's not a Christmas present. Annabelle Dixon of the Eastern Daily Press. Uh, who, um, you're like Jacob Marley's ghost, aren't you? You can't cast off your chain of office. <laughs> as the, uh, were you president chair of the regional lobby? Zarina. You. Empress. You know, you came yeah. incredibly close to getting rid of it this year. I'm glad you've moved on from the Nigel Farage then. Well, yeah, well, he's left the An job analogy. now, so you're not like him anymore. You're still in the job. He's actually finally left the job, and you're still running. Um, as far as we know, yeah. Well, for now, yeah, until <laughs> the next time. Um, I have tried. Yeah, you came incredibly close this year, but oh, failed at the last uh, last hurdle. You remain remain, remain chair of the regional, the dwindling regional lobby. <laughs> um, 2016, then. Uh, this could be a very long podcast, yeah. but uh, the big one has to be Brexit, doesn't it? That was the big moment. Uh, amongst many other disasters, yes, Brexit was probably the big one. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's not just a big one in 2016. Right? I mean, we're talking about 2016 because it's that time of year. But Brexit is massive in, a, you well, know, in it, history, really, isn't it? Well, we heard this morning from UK government sources that this is going to dominate discussion for the next decade, <laughs> not just uh, at least. Year. Yes, right. Um, how is it going to dominate? What's you know, what now? Um, well, that's the big question. What now? I mean, we've we've been asking what's the plan yeah. on just about everything, on every aspect of uh, our lives going forward from the UK government, but they've come up with the sum total of nothing at all um, so far. It, it is one of these things that's so complex, so um, it, rooted into every part of uh, everyday life that it's, uh, it, it is inevitably going to affect us all as we go forward. You represent a Brexit area, it's fair to say, Annabelle, or represent, you cover a Brexit yeah, area. Exactly. You are now, you, you kind of represent it, you speak for them in, in Westminster in a strange way. Uh, did you see it coming? Um. Yes, I did actually. Um, did you write that you saw it coming? We, do you know, we did a poll the week before mm. which showed in our area just how far ahead yeah. Brexit was. And we had that, this discussion so on Sunday before the vote. 
we were like, this is crazy. I think it was something like 16 points ahead in our part of the mm. country. Because I made all of our reporters go and speak to 50 people in a marketplace across. So I'm now the most popular. Yeah, that's the power of a czarina, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and we had this debate. We were like, well, are we going to look ridiculous on Thursday when it's, it's Remain and we're splashing on, mm. you know, it's going to be... Brexit and that was my area and that, there was that sort of thought well London will counterbalance it and Scotland will counterbalance it and Northern Ireland will counterbalance it um, but I went out, out on Boris Johnson's bus the um, week before <laughs> the lying bus the lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that one the NHS bus yeah. and um, he was honestly like a Pied Piper and what was startling was it was young people as well you know this thought that it was just the mm. older generation and I think the moment when I said like, actually I think this could be Brexit was someone in the office said that um, a friend of them worked, worked for an estate agent all under 35 and 14 out of 15 were voting Brexit wow. um, I was like this is you know the housing mm. yeah this is the housing industry young people you know this is this is not what anyone thinks it is yeah um, I wish I'd put money on it but I didn't <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't that sure the value of your winnings would have gone down the next day. That's true, yes. But I mean, that's kind of vital, really, in a way, in, in two parts of that. One is you went, actually, went out and actually spoke to people, yeah. right? Which not enough people did around mm. uh, Brexit. I mean, it doesn't really apply to you, Drew, because no. you could have gone and spoke to people in Scotland and you would have got pretty well the result that actually yeah, happened. Yes. But yeah. in England, certainly, yeah, you know, that was yeah. the case. I mean, too many people were sitting in Westminster looking at polls. Mm. Um, and the other one was the margin. That's, yeah. I mean, people kind of forgot that. I think I yeah, mean, imagine, it's yeah. one. It was such a weird result because it was when Sunderland, you know, it was the size of the the yeah. win in Sunderland that people suddenly went, mm. "Ah, hang on, yeah. this is yeah. what's happening here." Um, yeah. Did you see it coming, Drew? And obviously, well, well, you know, Scotland kind of went yeah, as you'd expect. But. I could see it coming in England and Wales, and yeah. did, we warned, uh, uh, you know, as vociferously as we could that holding such a short campaign would. Mm. Uh, would backfire. Um, it was a reckless gamble to do it over mm. effectively six weeks. It was three months, but effectively it was over six weeks. Um, you know, and without the time for the proper examination of all the issues, what we find out is that post the vote, uh, we've now got people saying these are all the problems. Yeah. And there are a number of issues where people have voted to leave the EU are now saying, yeah, but I didn't vote for that and I didn't vote for this. And they're right, they didn't get the opportunity. What they saw was the side of a bus but I'm not seeing this regrets it phenomenon mm-hmm. in no. my part of the country. No, People still want Brexit yeah. in my part of the country. They're, I don't think there's... Yeah. I think it's overstated that... You, you may well be right, but there are a number of people, mm. and given the, the overall margin yeah. um, of victory for the Leave campaign, there are a number of people who are having... Uh, having those feelings and are contacting mm. MPs of uh, all parties about it. Um, and it was a very incredibly short debate, and there is no doubt, and you mentioned the bus, there is no about, a doubt that there was so much rubbish put around at the time, mm. there was no time to examine it properly and get to the detail. If you look at the Scottish independence referendum over two years, I don't think there was I a think stone... a happy medium between the two, <laughs> but, but, but I don't think there was a stone left on no. Time. No. Um, and actually when people went to the polls, and I didn't like the result, except that I didn't like it, um, when people went to the polls, they knew what they were voting for. Um, yes. Know, so that was the case. I think that campaign was too long, but it, it didn't impact on turnout and the excitement mm. it built up. And, you know, exactly. those last few weeks were yeah. a 
jamboree of democracy, or whatever you want to call it, um, they were a, a big deal. I think it also did turn into a story of a Tory party soap opera. Yes. I think the actual, the, what, you know, actually some journalists did really well about talking about the issues, but I think a lot of the agenda was dominated by someone's launched a broadside on Boris Johnson's <laughs> yes. blue-on-blue tussles. Mm-hmm. And it became it became a bit of a political soap opera rather than a actually let's get under the skin of yeah I think you're right yeah, but wasn't that always the case I mean you talk about Boris Johnson I would imagine that a lot of those young people were quite rightly because he's an interesting person that's yeah. been on the telly a lot mm. were probably you know interested in his personality mm. as much as the politics or need possibly you know apart from the politics that he was. Uh, that he was putting forward, he was just such a well-known character. It'd be hard yeah. not to have that as a factor, I think. Yeah. How is Brexit going to affect you and your constituents in 2017? Either in your transport brief yeah. or you know on the ground in Inverness. Is there a concrete way you can say that's going to happen and it's going to be because of Brexit? Yeah, I can, I can give you a number of examples. One, one of the things is, is clear, and you can see this now, is that the effects are not going to be, be immediate mm-hmm. or as immediate. Um, necessarily as they will be after Article 50 is triggered. Yeah. So for example, with a weak pound, you know, um, having an attractive destination, um, then tourists will come. So we'll have a growth in tourism in the short term. Um, but what will happen um, once we go into the position where people are having to think about uh, getting uh, visas to come to Scotland, where uh, you're looking at the low-cost airlines, you know, not being able to operate with the kind of regulation-free um, uh, interchange that they have at the moment, it's mm. going to be more difficult for us to get those kinds of regional flights that are required to get visitors okay. to the Highlands. So I think it'll have an impact on the Highland economy. The other one which will be more immediate, and it's going to happen, in fact it's happening now, is that in a low wage, um, relatively low unemployment uh, economy as we have in, the, in my constituency, food prices are going to start to rise now, and that's going to impact on the amount of money that people have to take home and that is going to have a, 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 a multiplier effect on the levels of um, deprivation and poverty that exist in my constituency. Yeah, um, we'll come back to that okay. when we talk about Christmas dinners. Uh, <laughs> um, the other big story in 2016... Sounds like a minefield coming up. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> um, the other big story in 2016 was the one you went to America to cover, Annabelle. I did, yeah. Trump yeah. victory... Um, well, first of all, what was it like being out there? Oh, it was fascinating. It's they do elections very differently to us. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know it's all glitz and glamour and Jay Z and rallies and um, the and the amount of money and the attack mm. ads. I mean, it's all been very well documented. But it did really you enjoy the drama of it all? Yeah, I mean, as a yeah. political journalist, I yeah. loved it, but I'm not sure whether it's like a democracy. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, I think <laughs> um, the answer. Yeah. Um, because they don't go, they don't really get challenged. Mm. I mean, Trump just didn't really. Whereas you know we have debate, they they have debates, but yeah. not in this on the scale that actually our leaders do actually face journalists and take questions and mm. um, you know Trump. It was just him going to a rally where everyone agreed with him. There wasn't yeah. an audience going, oh, Mr. Trump, yeah. your views are... It's all more stage-managed. Yeah, it's all very stage-managed. Um, so I went to a Trump rally, which was just an experience I'll never forget. Uh, what was that like? I mean, are the... Whatever they are, Trumpers, I mean, are they all just crazies? Um, are they, you know, like kippers? Are they 
people who have per genuine uh, nice problems yeah. and are looking for a solution and then are offered a fairly simple solution and they're led down a road of it. What, who are they? It's like a cult. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. And, you know, they're not nasty people. And they were very, they were very welcoming yeah. to me. You know, there was no kind of abusive journalists that you'd have read about. Um, but they genuinely believe. I mean, the most depressing chat I had was with two girls, 15-year-old girls and a mo the mother. And I said, well, why are you supporting Trump? She said, well, I love his policies, particularly the one about the wall, because... Um, a Mexican might come and want to do the job I want to do when I'm older. Um, okay. And that's, yeah. you know, that is an incredible, you know, to me that seems like an incredibly yeah. <laughs> bizarre uh, view. But And again, it's the young, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the party. This is a 15 year old girl, and this, you know, obviously, whatever education she's getting, you know, it's not, yeah. been, not been challenged. Yeah. Um, so. And remind me what the interest is for the Eastern Daily Press in uh, Trump's victory. What's, what's going to be the impact on well, we what's the impact have, on we Norwich? We don't even have a golf course, you know. To oh right, okay, so you might get one. Uh, so you get none of the benefit. <laughs> no, no. Um, I think it's just it was a worldwide event. That's just yeah. you know it goes beyond um, a, a sort of provincial line. Yeah, everyone was interested in the US. Well, election. indeed, when the war comes, there'll be uh, young men from Norwich will have to go and fight the Americans or Chinese or whoever it is they're going to start a war with. Maybe, in those places. Yes, yeah, um, that's that's a rather depressing outlook. But is that what is the impact of Trump in twenty seventeen? Do you think, Drew? I mean, will yeah. uh, you know you can be pro or anti Trump, you know, whatever, but the world is certainly a more okay. unstable yeah. place as a result. Do you think yeah. that will? manifest itself in 2017? Uh, well, it, if I can make an observation in the first mm. instance, you know, I found that off camera, uh, whenever anybody's asked about Trump, the first thing they do is put their hand to their forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it seems regardless of whether you think it's a good idea or not, nobody knows where to start with, uh, yeah. with Trump. Um, I think he's, uh, I think he's uh, what he's been saying, what he was, you were describing how he wasn't challenged during the mm. election campaign, the things he's been saying since he's become president-elect are extraordinary. Um, they're, 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 um, the, the things he's doing with China, with Taiwan, with uh, Russia, um, just seem uh, incredible for, uh, for somebody in that position who's going to assume uh, the highest office in the, in the United States uh, to be saying. That leads me to believe that it's not going to be a particularly good presidency. It's going to be one where there's going to be a lot of surprises and in international diplomacy in particular, a lot of surprises are probably not a, going to be a great thing. So I think there's a that we we will have to be very very uh, careful in how we uh, how we work and deal with the uh, the new um, uh, the, the new administration in the US. Again, I mean, can either of you see a concrete implication in 2017? You know, do you think there will be a conflict or? Is it isolationism and, you know, we're going to find ourselves <coughs> through the Europe that we're leaving and America doesn't want to know us anymore. Yeah. Is it going to be, or is it going to take a while to, to shake that? Well, George Orwell just seems particularly brilliant at a time mm. like this when you see the shifting plates of uh, yeah. international diplomacy just now. And obviously it looks like it's going to be very difficult for 
for the US-China relationship. Um, mm. So that looks like a change. I know that most political analysts were saying that the USA was looking eastward rather than westward over the past couple of years, in the past few years. I think that doesn't look as though it's going to continue. The looking inward, do not they? I think that's, that is the problem. You know, an insular United States is, uh, is uh, going to be a different prospect. Um, my sort of uh, highlight, <laughs> they're not really highlight, they're political highlights in the sense that they're big stories, uh, or, or news stories, I suppose, in 2016 would be the fact that it was the year of death. Mm. Uh, it started incredibly badly with David Bowie getting that kind of die. And that kind of set the uh, the tone for the rest of the year. Is this the most depressing Christmas podcast ever? Well, <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll, we'll try and bring it up at the end. But I think there's a there is a, a serious political point in that because obviously you know there was uh, Barry and Prince and Leonard mm. Cohen and all this sort of stuff, mm. and this is terrible. Um, but the story that perhaps we've forgotten was Joe Cox, mm. which amazingly mm. kind of just sneaked past. You know, a British MP was mm. murdered in the street, uh, and it just didn't seem to register. Mm in the sort of scale that it perhaps should have done and I don't know it kind of speaks to a wider distaste with politics which just is getting which is probably Trump is probably um, you know a, a, an answer to for some people is you know drain the swamp and all this sort of stuff mm. and I don't know can anybody see that turning around in 2017 and if so how do you turn it around how do you engender a bit more respect for politics and politicians I don't know whether it wasn't given I think I'd dispute that. I don't think it did sneak past. I think it was. I think. Right, sneak past is maybe. Yeah. Uh, doing it down, but you know, you know. I think it. I think people were really shocked by it. I think it came at a time in a referendum where there was a surprise result and the so the news agenda, you know, moved on because yeah. suddenly I think if there hadn't been that, then maybe it would be more prolonged. But maybe, I think yeah. at the time, I think there was. I think there was no, shock, and I think yeah. it did. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right in that there was this sort of three weeks where you know MPs all said you know we must be nicer to each yeah. other, and then maybe we did go back um, to the kind of way of doing things. In British politics, I mean Brexit is obviously huge, and Trump is huge, but also an MP being murdered mm-hmm. is an equally huge story, and yet all the 2016 reviews will go. Brexit, Trump, Theresa May to become Prime Minister, all this sort of stuff. And you just sort of feel, uh, you know, the Joe Cox stuff is kind of getting lost a bit. Well, I think the murder of Joe Cox deeply affected uh, people here. Mm. Uh, not, not just in a, a political sense, of the, you know, and the, the, the way that uh, that could be you or whatever, but, mm. but in a way that, um, you know, you could see somebody who was working for their people, you know, mm. might have different political... Uh, views, but somebody who's working really hard uh, to be cut down so brutally like that, it, and I think it did deeply affect. And, and and again, I would agree with Annabelle. I don't think it's gone away. Um, it might be that the the media, um, the twenty four hour rolling media, has had so much to cover that it's mm-hmm. it, that it's in it's in the mix. But but every day, even today, I was in the chamber this morning, and Joe Cox had mentioned it was mentioned mm-hmm. yesterday at Prime Minister's yeah. questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the MP4 sing, uh, singles out there uh, yeah. just now. Um, I I think that there are people who are determined to keep um, that issue um, alive for good reasons. And uh, to answer your questions about engaging with mm. people, I, if if we seriously want to make sure that you know politics is something that people respect, and I think there still is, you know, a core of people there that do actually respect the work that politicians do on their behalf. 
it, what we have to do is make sure that we stop the kind of nonsense that we're talking about earlier where you have a bus with a lie on the side of it mm -hmm. because that undervalues everything that we do in a, in a stroke in a really visible way and actually having a conversation sometimes when you even when you don't dis, when you disagree with a constituent or you disagree with with a pressure group having an honest conversation where you say look this is what i believe this is what i feel this is what i will work for mm -hmm. and this is how i will take your concerns uh, forward but I, I may not actually agree with what you're saying, is a, is a more authentic way to deal with people and it's a better way to actually get that respect built up. Whether or not, and the question really is for you people, uh, yeah. we, you're in the media, whether or not that's going to get any air at all or if we're going to continue to look for this you know, salacious part of you know, a politician's life all the time is going to be the big question on that mutual respect uh, yeah. agenda. No, I think that's one of the big things for 2017 is to think about that. Mm -hmm. And as you say, not just politicians, but absolutely the media mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. How do we, how do we approach it? Why do we turn it around mm -hmm. from where we are now? You know, you're fed up with political journalists who complain about politics. Oh, it's boring. You know? <laughs> oh, here's PMQs. This will be rubbish. Oh. Like, well, don't do it then. Go and write about something else. You know, if you don't like it, then just do down politicians at yeah. every opportunity. I think there's also an element to stand up for the media. Hmm. Um, we're in a very different world you know we're struggling with declining print revenues and trying mm -hmm. to get online and online there is a pressure for the lighter stories and i think i think actually there's a responsibility for the public if they want people need to be willing to pay for news yeah um yes you know you can't complain about clickbait mm. if you're not willing to stump up and pay for news and i think we're getting to a point where yeah I, well, you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's a really difficult position. I must be mm -hmm. fair to the media. I think if I were if I were in the media industry, I would be facing the same problems, and I might be complaining about a completely different thing. But but isn't there an issue uh, where if you're looking at declining revenue for news, um, that actually part of the problem is that people don't want to pay for things that they don't necessarily believe in anymore, mm -hmm. uh, because actually the quality. Um, has got to the point, for the reasons you've mentioned as well, has got to the point where it's, it's not really worth it. I find myself as a consumer much more um, picky about the kinds of choices mm. I want to make and I wonder if that's part of the challenge for the media as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I fear it's going to get worse before it gets better. You do sort of go, you know, murder an MP and we're still just mm. on the same trajectory. You, know, seems that, but I, you sort of hope that somewhere down the line, with Trump as well as part of that, somewhere down the line something's going to go, okay, right. False news, fake news, we'll call it what we will. People sharing cobblers on Facebook over and over again. Eventually, something's going to go right. There'll be some sort of movement to go right. We want proper news that we can trust and we're willing to pay for it. And who knows what form that will take. But maybe one day that's where we'll, we'll get. Hopefully, in 2017, I feel we might be talking about something similar this time next year. And we must be hopeful. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, at this time of year. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the Scottish election? Yes, I mean, it was a big news story, but I, yeah. I'm trying to cheer things up. But yeah, it, was, course, it, was, yeah. it was a negative news story, right? Because the SNP had a bad time. You lost your majority. <laughs> and you're now getting kicked yeah. all over the place about your terrible yeah. education record in Scotland, which uh, increasingly looks like you can't argue that the education system does have a problem in Scotland. Um, you know, it increasingly feels like the SNP high tide has passed. Well, I, I think I think you have to actually look quite carefully at the figures. The 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 SNP and the Scottish government got the highest electoral mandate in the Western world um, at the Scottish political the Scottish parliamentary elections, and uh, you know it, it 
we, in a system where it's not designed to give any party a majority, what we find was we took an almost complete sweep of the constituency seats. Yeah, and but only, you still, and lost, you still went down from where you were. Yeah, uh, that doesn't mean the high times in terms of no. the vote, In terms of the vote, hardly moved at all. The system moved, and therefore there were some, part, uh, some things that went there. And I challenge everything that's said about you know, the record of the Scottish Government in terms of things like education, health, transport. Famously, you know, a couple of weeks ago, people were calling for... Uh, Hamza Yousaf, uh, because his, his head, his resignation, yeah. because a train broke down in Waverley Station. And we've got mayhem in England, particularly with Southern Rail um, just now. And, uh, you know, if the, if the same standards were applied in Westminster, there'd be a new Minister for Transport come every on. single day no, of the week. Come on, I'm yeah. having that. That's not what the Scottish Government and the much Hollywood exists for. It's not to go with compared to England, no, it's just to, to make things good in a or system, bad on their if own. I carry on, if I carry on with the theme then, in a system where you don't have the control over network rail, uh, which everybody says, all the, the bodies look at it say that if you have network rail, as well as the ability to actually run the services, you can actually run it better. We don't have that, that's reserved to the UK government at the moment. Um, if you if you have an assistant and you're still doing the best performing uh, rail network in the whole of the UK, I think that's something that uh, should be. So I suggest that's nice tallest dwarf syndrome. I suggest there. That is surely that's the best. The best performing ninety. Oh my God, they're awful. Ninety percent service punctuality and reliability compared to Southern Rail seventy percent. Well, should we talk about yeah, the Barnet so. formula? Then? Well, please let's. Talk oh about no! Let's oh. Go. No, we're not going to bar it for Why do you want to bring out the bar it for you? You anti bar it for Are you going to hurt? He's angry at jeez, yeah. you know. Oh, oh, feeling left out. Oh, I think I'm up for Barnet formula today. No, it's not. It's complicated. We'll do head to head. We'll do head to head on the bar Oh, it's so complicated. I did do a podcast about the Barnet formula once. It was like at least listen to the history. It's actually very good. It's very interesting if you want to understand. The Barnet formula. Unfortunately, well, it turns out nobody does want to understand the Barnet formula. You can advertise this as no meaningful discussion on Barnet formula. Well, yeah. <laughs> Barnet free. Yeah. Um, Barnet free zone. But, um, well, rather than Barnet formula, because well, I'm going to do that, I'm falling into the trap here of going Barnet formula, that's substantial no, uh, and interesting. No, Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about personalities instead. Yeah. Um, if the SNP high tide has not passed, I think that's open for discussion. Uh, obviously, East Anglia is home of UKIP, essentially. It is, yeah. Has well, the UKIP... Well, not anymore, not anymore. Well, it's the thing, has the it Kipper, has the Kipper tides passed? Um, yeah, I think... No, I th- it's still, it's taking votes off Labour in the coastal towns. Right. Um, but I think the Conservatives who went to UKIP have gone back to the Conservatives. Um, so the EU referendum in that sense worked? Yeah, shot, I think shot it, it shot the UK Fox in East Anglia. Uh, and more broadly, because obviously Farage is gone, we've now got Paul Nuttles, who, I don't know, oh, is it, he's, he's an alright guy, I don't mind him, apart from all the anti-Muslim and horrible things he says. <laughs> but, um, uh, is it going to work? Is UKIP actually going to be a force? In, you know, they say they're going to win the North and all this sort of stuff. Do you buy it? I just I just think it's going to, it's going to split that left. I think there's still a loyalty to Labour yeah. in the North, and there are people who will never vote UKIP. Uh, I, I think it will shave their majorities, mm. but um, yeah, 
I'm not convinced, but then we were all wrong about 2016, so... Yeah, and the only thing I would say is I'm increasingly coming to believe this idea of UKIP and Labour. There's a, there's a Labour vote, as Drew knows only too well. There isn't a latent Labour vote. Scotland proved that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah, in discussions that, about the future of the nation, which is where we are with the EU referendum, we're in post-referendum politics has come yeah, to England as it yeah. came to Scotland. Mm. Well, they're certainly taking votes. They've certainly taken Labour votes. Great Yarmouth. Yeah. Great Yarmouth used to be a Tory marginal... Uh, Tory Labour marginal, mm. and it's now a Tory safety because you can take Labour. Labour. The Labour Party have learned no lessons from their experience in Scotland um, no. at all. Not even in Scotland, uh, you know, quite incredibly. So, so I, I do think they have a lot to fear and, uh, and a lot of work to do to get back to anywhere like the uh, the position that they've been in in twenty fifteen, uh, let alone getting into power. Uh, yeah, we did uh, Labour's problems in last week's podcast, um, so let's not I dwell know, on yeah. that because we could go on for another half hour and <laughs> just go on and on about Labour's problems. Yeah. We haven't got any Labour people here. Yeah. Uh, right, how are we going to cheer this up? With the use of uh, Jingle yeah, Bells yes. and Christmas. Um, I don't mean, again, don't want to be too negative, but uh, all the stuff we've talked about, when people sit down to their Christmas dinner, is it actually going to be on their minds? Is it actually going to affect them? I mean, we oh. talked about, you talked about yeah. the price of food. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've noticed yes, price of food is already going up. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Will people sit there and go, this turkey costs more than last year, or is that going to come next year? I, I, I would imagine that most people will have had such a bad year in 2016 yeah. for various different reasons and you know, from different uh, parts of the yeah. either political or personal spectrums that they will want to have a really good Christmas and they will want to enjoy it. And I don't think that. Uh, for this Christmas, uh, those people who can afford it, the cost will be on their mind. Yeah. Where it will, and you know, to <laughs> try to lighten things up, but but I can't help but say it, where it will affect people is those folk who are already um, under the cost in terms of what they can afford. Um, you know, we know that people are going to food banks in record numbers. Um, you know, we know that the universal credit system is uh, collapsing around. Uh, you know the the place in terms of being able to get people money even for Christmas, let alone yeah. afford things. And you know we know that there's there's problems, particularly in uh, situations better in Scotland, but it's not perfect by a long chalk. There's still going to be a lot of people that will be homeless at Christmas. Um, so and a but, happy New Year. And a happy New Year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's but, true. But it's I, all entirely I, valid point. No, yeah, but, but, yeah. but can I can I bring up a, a nice story? I just want to, if I can, because I'd like to make sure that listeners in Inverness hear this. And, and uh, oh, yeah. Inverness Primary School, um, Milton Lee's Primary, won my Christmas card competition this year, and uh, Ryland did a fantastic design, which I'm putting out. And uh, just like to mention him, and I'll make sure that. Uh, um, that we cover all the schools that we did set in because all right the constituency we got we got entries that was fine. Fine, but you're not sitting here listing all the schools in, in, in I'm not, I'm not constituency, all right? You're not getting that for Christmas. But you, you will get uh, all in on Twitter again. Yeah, but you will get several more listeners now. Well, absolutely. Yeah, they got a Twitter account. This primary school, I'm sure they have. Yeah, has there been a? I mean. You said you were too busy to go to, to Christmas parties around Westminster. Well, I've been, yeah, I've been working. I hope my boss is listening. I've been <coughs> working far too hard to make it to any Christmas parties at all. I don't know. Is there a different atmosphere because of it at Christmas? Or does Westminster still <coughs> sort of do Christmas? I mean, the Christmas parties are still happening. Everyone's still yeah. drinking. Jeremy Corbyn apparently had quite a good night the other night, yeah. even though, mm. you know, he's rubbish and his party's going down the toilet. But he still managed to uh, find some Christmas spirit from somewhere. Um, oh, yeah. I think whatever happens. The Christmas yeah. parties will endure, and it's the same with any. It's the same yeah, with any company. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you might yeah. have to pay for your own Christmas party now, rather than 
the corporate credit card. But, <laughs> you know, I think people still do make an effort to sort of comradely spirit. And That's true, yeah. Team building and all of that. Um, and and it's, an important, it's an important thing to do. You know, when, yeah. you're in, when you're working with a group of people, it is important that you're able to have some opportunity to socialise. And, and actually, what we don't do enough across the, 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 all of the, the business, politics, whatever, is actually celebrate some of the successes that you actually have. So if you're able to do that, regardless of who you're with, mm-hmm. if you're able to do that as a team, then it helps to build a, a sense of community going forward as yeah. well. I think I came with politics too late because I miss the era of champagne and... There are limits. A couple of pints with your, with yeah, your friends. Exactly. Yeah. Right it would be a champagne because yeah, that's exactly. foreign. Yeah. It'll all be English sparkling wine. <laughs> or red Norfolk turkeys, of course. Norfolk's like the most Christmassy place yeah. there is. Um, yeah, tell you what, do you know what? You raised that, Drew. Let's turn it around. You said celebrating our successes. Let's finish with successes. Um, what are the high points of 2016? What was the. Was there one or more than one you, know, you could pick out as was actually quite a good thing that happened in 2016? Well, I, I think um, there's a couple of ones. I mean, the, the big ones you've mentioned already, the Scottish elections, I think, you know, the fact that the that that Scottish government, the SNP, got that overwhelming mandate, I think it's a high point for, for me. I think also, you know, in amongst the gloom and doom over Brexit, I think it would have to be duty bound to point out that Scotland voted resolutely to stay in the European Union with 62%, all 32 local authority areas. And I was particularly proud of Scotland for doing that um, because I thought that's what it was, how it was going to react. And actually, that's exactly how we, we did vote. So, uh, and I think that's hardened since then, that view as well. So, so those, are, those were particular high points um, uh, for me. I, I, and I think that there's, uh, you know, there, there is more to come in the Scottish story. Annabelle, anything stand out? I think as a journalist, um, regardless of what the news story is, I think for the first, no, not the first time, but in terms of the interest in what we do to the wider world, and, you know, suddenly politics is a really interesting thing to cover, and I think beyond the kind of group of political geeks, I think, you know, the, the wider country is suddenly interested in paying attention to politics in a way that they haven't before. It's um, post-referendum politics comes to England. I mean, Scotland's obviously yeah. had it. You yeah. know, the referendum did in Scotland get people engaged in politics. You know, we, we discussed yeah. the tenor of the coverage and all the rest of it. Yeah. But yes, it's true, the engagement has definitely yeah, increased think. and that can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, and it's, I think people have made probably the same in Scotland. People have got engaged in politics probably in a way that they, that they didn't. Yeah. And the thing in Scotland, of course, they stuck around. They got engaged in 2014 and they stuck around and voted in yeah. 2015 yeah. and they voted in 2016. And it looks like it's tailing off slightly, but again, the referendum, the EU referendum, might have got them back in again. Mm. Um, well, there we go. We can all agree there's a good thing of 2016. People are more engaged in politics and the task for 2017 is to get them engaged in a good way and do politics. Keep listening well. to your podcast. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because this will be the last one of 2016. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we're recording it, I think, the day before the SNP Christmas, or the day of the SNP Christmas party, yes, but it will go out afterwards, so yeah. I can't get all the gossip from <laughs> about who is snogging under the mistletoe and uh, I don't know what they do at Christmas parties. I don't Who's know. got I the nice Christmas it. jumper? I can never remember any SNP do that was that exciting. <laughs> oh, come on. Stuart Malcolm McDonald. I bet he has the nice Christmas you know? jumper, doesn't he? <laughs> 
George Caravan, but he's a bad Christian George, jumper. There's George Caravan, uh, Roger Mullen, they're very good. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, there we go. We'll maybe save that one up for the first of somewhere yeah. earlier in 2017. I'll get you all the gossip. So you write time. it all down because yeah. it's a Christmas tradition. Come back on the Christmas 2017 podcast. <laughs> tell me about the previous year's Christmas party. You, you should do that. You should have an envelope in with predictions and things for next year. Oh, after 2016. <laughs> nobody's doing predictions. Um, okay, well, listen, I will say thanks to Drew Hendry again and thank thanks you. to Annabelle Dixon. Thanks to thank all you. my guests in uh, 2016 um, there might be a chart up before this goes up if not it'll be able to follow on very soon afterwards of the uh, top 10 podcast of 2016 uh, if you want to get in touch to discuss anything or to want to come on my podcast I am uh, politicalyeti at gmail.com or at politicalyeti on twitter uh, so yeah Merry Christmas Happy New Year and uh, I'll get my jingle bells out for the last time and make them fade <laughs>